Laura in the call room coming to you live today, or live when we're recording it, from the Royal Mail on Spencer Street, uh, where we're having our special annual Gab's Hottest 100 drink-along blind tastings. Uh, as you can pick, this is David rather than your normal introducee, Damien, who's off on other duties today. So apart from the fact that you're going to be hearing more of my voice than normal, I'm also driving all of the technical things. So from the outset, let me say, if the sound quality isn't up to Damo's normal excellent level, my apologies on that front. Hopefully it is all audible to you. If it's so terrible that you can't bear listening to it, please make sure you tune in to the next one where Damien will be back on the pots and pans, as they say. Uh, and in Damien's stead, wearing his special Damien Gibson impersonating beard, is our good friend, Mystery Matt. Welcome, Mystery Matt. Thank you, and I, I just like to be on a show that really starts with apologies. I think that really <laughs> sets the standard. It, it is, and I, I don't know how many... We should have an apology counter. We have a little <laughs> ping in the back of the uh, audio today. Every I'm time I apologise for something. I'm sorry to be here. But, uh, <laughs> and I'm sorry that I don't have a little thing that goes <laughs> ping every time I apologise. So that's three in the first minute and a half. I think we're doing pretty well. Uh, Mystery Matt, we're going to be interviewing a whole lot of people today as they win uh, special uh, rounds of our blind tastings. But I thought for our listeners at home who haven't heard you on our former wrestling podcast, we might just go through some of the traditional courtroom questions so that our listeners can get to know you. I thought I was extremely unqualified for this and then I thought about my bank account and realised I've been training for this for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a That's very common opinion. People go, I don't have anything to talk about in terms of, oh yes, wait, yes I do. So shall we fire away when, and get going on the first of those questions? Let's go. When did you have your first drink? And as Damien always likes to say, it's not when your mum let you have a little sip of Tia Maria, it's your first proper drink. Uh, luckily, my mum won't listen to this due to technical issues. <laughs> um, so I think I was 14 years old and mm. we went camping at, at, at the bottom of someone's block in Wonga Park. Uh, Wonga Park for people, <laughs> listeners playing at home. Whereabouts are we looking for Wonga Park? Oh God, somewhere near Warrandyte and 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 Ringwood and. It's an eastern suburbs rather than a western suburbs yeah, early sorry. drinking indulgence, which is a change from our norms. I just I just named a series of other suburbs people probably won't know. Um, we set up tents. Uh, there was about six of us, and we got. Uh, we walked to the local bar that sold the uh, local local bottle shop that looked at us very like just get out of here. I uh, got two slabs of Woodstock. Oh, uh, heck, up there with the classier <laughs> first attempts. And really, really gave it a go. Um, and so that's obviously Woodstock sparked my love of drinking. How did you get the slabs if they gave you the please go away look? Or did they just go, the only way we're getting rid of these people is to break the law and supply alcohol to minors? I, it was a different time. Not that much of a different time, to be fair. <laughs> but it was a, yeah, our phones were less smart, but like they still had, you know, wireless capabilities. You could at least play the little snake game if you couldn't <laughs> do anything else on them. So. Yep, that's, exact, that's exactly right. <laughs> and uh, how did you feel the next day? As I woke up in, in the middle of summer in a tent in Wonga Park after... <laughs> my memory says 12, but it's probably closer to three or four Woodstocks. Not good, David, yeah, not good. Yeah. And the rest of the gang? Not good, David, not good. And the rest of the Woodstocks? <laughs> Where did you have to, like, secrete them in a bush or something? Or? We buried them. <laughs> that is fantastic. Are they still there now? Is there a possibility that, you know, someone one day will go to 
make themselves a gazebo <laughs> and we'll find a whole lot of woodstocks. Well, I think properties are like quite expensive over there. This was quite a large block that they were doing nothing with the bottom part of it. So they're very well, yes. This is this might be like a you know this might be what they find when we're all wiped out. Yeah, the archaeologists of the future. In the early 2000s, a strange ritual was practiced by the people of Wonga Park. <laughs> it's a, I'd look forward to that day. I just wish I could be there to see it. Oh, well, fingers crossed. Um, now, craft beers. I know for a fact that you're a big lover of craft beers. What was the first craftish or craft beer that you can recall having had? Well, I think technically it would be Cooper's Sparkling Ale, mm-hmm. which isn't doesn't feel like a craft beer in the sense of, of modern craft beers, but at the there time... There was a time. Yeah, sort of 2006, 2007, it felt very subversive to go to the Manhattan and drink a uh, Cooper's Sparkling instead of a Carlton Draft. At age 16, if I'm doing the maths <laughs> on all of your stories correctly. No, I think I was at 18 then. You, so you, or, you just, or you were wearing your Damien Gibson Memorial <laughs> beard. <laughs> you know, uh, my, that's a very hairy 15-year-old. Rest in peace, Damo. Um, <laughs> The, I think the first actual craft beer experiences I had were in the US in about 2008, yeah. where they sort of actually had a craft beer industry already. Um, I don't think I could pull names directly, but... Um, any, were you in any particular city or bar, or was it...? Uh, so, in Cal- so we're living in LA, um, so there was just a lot of different sort of interesting things going on there. And some of them were craft beers. And some, but al- and, almost and some of them involved burying things. <laughs> so gonna, but perhaps they're best left. <laughs> As you know, I've kept that tradition. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be standing uh, outside in the nature strip uh, burying my pots uh, after today. That's a, that's a lovely thought for future generations to discover. <laughs> now, we like to hear everyone we know who sits in this chair is tempted to say the Royal Mail. Where, other than the Royal Mail, is your favourite sort of drinking venues in Melbourne at the moment? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to get to answer this because I think like a lot of, a lot of your uh, guests have been sort of west focused. So I think uh, in the north I quite like the Wesleyan mm-hmm. and I, I like Carwin Sellers always has good if not uh, prohibitively high percentage beers. This is very true. I've uh, had some uh, very short but quite intense moments at uh, the Harwin over the years. It's, it's the moment where you're like, can I please have a pint of that? And they're like, oh, you know, that's $36. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, okay. Oh, but it is 14%. But they do always at least tell you, which is an <laughs> yeah. important part of that process. I'm sure it's led to serious issues before I'm they are. Uh, of all sorts, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, I think generally there's a little bar called Bar SK that's just opened up on Smithstrom, maybe not just opened up, that do collaboration beers with places like Kaiju and... How far down Smith? I'm not familiar with uh, Sort of actually very close to the Gertrude Street, Smith Street uh, intersection. Um, but it's fantastic. It's a really nice little bar and they have beers that don't exist anywhere else, which yeah, is right. Nice. Shout out to them. Yeah. Of course... Uh, a trip to Smith Street isn't perhaps quite as interesting a tax dodge for me as <laughs> uh, a trip overseas. Where are your favourite overseas bars that you've drunk in, you know, whether they be historic or as in, you know, years ago for you? Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's always difficult to uh, remember the names of bars due to the actions that happen in them. Yeah. Um, like, you know, Very erudite <laughs> sentence. <laughs> drinking, uh, drinking in, you know, pubs in the, in the hills of... Uh, of Ireland is a lovely thing but I think um, we, we myself and my wife a, a year or so ago got married in America and we 
went to quite a lot of microbreweries. Like Albuquerque was a surprisingly cool place. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, that just had sort of four microbreweries that you could walk to each one, which was well Do you recall any of the names of them, or were they that good? Uh, they were that good. <laughs> uh, all of them were, were very good. Um, we went to Blue Moon in Denver, which was uh, probably, obviously, once again, a bigger one, but mm. that was good. We went to, there's a town called Fort Collins that is known as the home of American craft beer that I think has 26 breweries. We didn't, we didn't make 26, but we got eight. Which that's I think a, that's a, cool. I reckon that's a very fair effort, given that at some of these places we're talking about potentially a lot of beers on tap. Yes, and I was, I was, I, I'm currently, I haven't been here, but I've been um, obsessing about a trip to London because I'd really like to go to Cloud, or well, to England because I th- mm. would really like to try Cloud Water uh, over there, which is in cans, fantastic. Yeah, right. Sounds like a, a fun project. I'm happy to accompany you on that one. So, Fantastic. Mr. Frydenberg, <laughs> if you're listening, it's uh, now a requirement of my employment at the cool room. <laughs> now, and speaking of cool rooms, a question that clean bowls some people. Mm. Hopefully you've had some time to think about this in preparation. Uh, amusing or alarming or concerning uh, cool room memories that you may have had from your journey through the world. Goodness me. Uh, I've only spent a really small amount of time working in hospitality um, in which I worked uh, as a a dish hand uh, for my uncle and this has bowled me, Uh, which the worst thing is you gave me... uh, You've had about a fortnight's notice on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I'm I'm really keen to to fail. I (laughs) apologise. I feel like we haven't said sorry uh, quick enough. Well, we're going to ask these same questions of the people who win the rounds of blind tastings as the afternoon wears on. We'd better go away and start to prepare the Sours tasting flight. And maybe, Mystery Matt, you can think about your cool room answer and indulge us as the afternoon wears on. And we'll re-edit it and uh, I will sound like a much funnier and more impressive person. We'll insert some more apologies. Okay, we're back in the cool room and I'm now learning how to drive three microphones rather than two, so hopefully that is all a success. We've just finished the sour beer tasting on our Gab's Hottest 100 tastings afternoon and the less said about my efforts, the better. (laughs) The more said about Corey Boardman's efforts, the better, because he reigns supreme this afternoon in terms of our sour tastings. Welcome, Corey. Thank you very much, David. Uh, I think you officially got two and three quarters out of five, correct? I, I was trying to sort of piece together what the fifth one could have been. Um, and yes, quite quite astutely, someone else mentioned that, oh, I haven't had a, a Moondog yet. And David and Moondog sort of, you know, yeah, maybe. And I, I had vague recollections of the Melon DeGeneres um, coming out recently. So I thought, that's a pretty good bet. That's and it was. And it was. You're absolutely right. Mystery Matt, how did you go? Uh, I went exceptionally poor because I... First of all, I'm not a sour person, but I... I I'm you mean a, you're not a sour drinker? I'm, not, I'm, 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 I'm personally sour. I'm a very unpleasant person. But uh, I just looked at the fridge and thought, what's a brewery I know that's near here? And Exit came up. I don't know if Exit do sours. I can't recall an exit sour, but I might be wrong in that regard. We've got a couple of these in the fridge at the Royal Mail, but not that one. So, uh, to just to keep the narrative thread going, I apologise for <laughs> how poorly I did. Oh, that's exactly so sorry. Yeah, but what we didn't mention to Corey, and I'm sorry that we didn't mention this earlier, 
is that we're all apologising a lot on today's podcast <laughs> for some reason. So oh, okay. feel free to get into the spirit. Um, so we've enjoyed five beautiful sour beers. We're now going to welcome Corey and go through our traditional cool room questions with him. And some of these, Corey and I have known each other for many years now and enjoyed many beers together. I don't know what your answer is going to be to pretty much any of these, so I'm interested oh, okay. to see how it goes. Um, first beer, mate. First time you really, or first drink, I should say, you feel free to give a Woodstock-style answer <laughs> as Mystery Matt did before. Yeah, look, you know, apart from the requisite um, polishing off from the, the parents' party the night before and all of that sort of stuff, I think the first time I really regret, you know, <laughs> what, I, what I'd done... That's, was, that's actually the way that we should yes, phrase the question. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm well, you know, well versed in things call room. Um, we were at Falls Creek and we were having a beer, and other people on the table had just bought like four or five jugs. And then, oh, our bus is going. What do you mean? We just got four or five. Doesn't matter. And so they said, here's your jugs. And I was like, you know, Screen, screen, <laughs> something. The second narrative thread of today is underage yeah. drinking, and I'm still, I, I wasn't quite a beer drinker yet. Like mm. you know, I was having Coke and brand, brandy and Coke, I think, and stuff. So yeah, no, no beer palate at all. Let's just fast forward to uh, I'm going to say 3 a.m. and and. I remember someone saying, if you put your leg out of the bed, it stops spinning, which which I think did actually happen. So, so yes, it was, it was one do, of those Do you mean your leg stopped spinning or the room <laughs> stopped spinning? Yeah, so that, that I think, was my, my first, yeah, this is not good. Yeah. That... Oh, clo- look, closely followed by, I think, the um, uh, New Year's Eve rehearsal party, which was a December 30th. And I do remember cleaning vomit from the ceiling of the toilet, oh. which was not mine. Oh. And it wasn't my house. Uh, parents were away. Not good. We no. had a... When, when I turned 18, we went to Lawn. Speak directly into uh, the microphone. Yes. Sorry. When I turned 18, we went to Lawn. And uh, it's the reason why I can't drink Jägermeister anymore. Mm. Because I got, I got very into it. It uh, was like, well, it's basically medicine. So I'm actually helping myself um, <laughs> at about five hours later throwing up in a toilet that someone else had shoved a toilet roll into which oh. meant that every time you uh, you flushed it rose and little bits of paper and black the black sludge it, like it haunts my dreams it's and the whale in my nightmare and <laughs> carrot surely yes carrot um, from yeah. the carrot Ca- Carrot sounds like the least of the problems you were encountering <laughs> in uh, that experience. We just locked that toilet. There was two toilets in the apartment and we just locked that one and left it be. <laughs> Five years later, the landlord. <laughs> I bet you didn't bury it in the backyard, which is the other <laughs> recurring theme of today's podcast. Uh, first craft beer or crafty beer? So... When I first heard this um, this question on the call room, I thought, "Oh, yeah, that you know, that's easy." Um, that was um, oh god, I've forgotten what it's called. Uh, Matilda Bay. Oh yeah, so the Redback. Redback, the... yeah, Redback. Yep. Redback. Um, and I thought, well, yeah, I mean, that's everyone's sort of standard response. But the one that where sort of the penny dropped, and I thought, oh, it, it was um, Mountain Goat, um, Hightail Ale. 
yep. at mm. Troika Bar. And, yeah, right. And then I had it probably about a month later at the Corn Hotel. But since then, I've remembered that I used to go to the Loaded Dog from time to time. Now, and I don't think for, anyone's for mentioned the, age the Loaded of, Dog. I don't know, 40? <laughs> Like I can, I can remember the loaded dog. Okay, so, so the, the loaded dog was on the corner of um, St George's Road and Brunswick, I guess. It's what Brunswick yeah. Road, Holden Street, from uh, we we got in from from Thanks stage like Corey left. Could call the Brains Trust at that point. Yes, <laughs> um, and that was like uh, one of the first sort of brew pubs. Yeah, absolutely. And so I have fond memories of either well, you know. Fond slash hazy memories of Some memories. either Burnt Ridge or Burnt Bridge bitter. And it had that sort of, that slight burnt toast flavour on the tail of it. And that just rocked my world. And, and from that point on, I'd already gone to, I'm a sucker for a beer I've never had, to, oh, okay, I'm a sucker for this, a beer experience I've never yeah. had. Have you entered that one into your untapped lists and things like that? If I, go oh, I, I tapped out from untapped many, <laughs> many years ago. Untapped can just be a reminder of like, you already have your bank account. Uh, untapped can, <laughs> is too far, really. I did want to use it to see if I'd had beers before or not. That's how I still... And it just didn't work for me, so... Yeah. I do that and it's also just about letting people know what I'm drinking here, which for some people is indicative of what's on the <laughs> taps here. So it's as much that. It's a bit like my Facebook experience, which is really far more about, you know, the pub than it is about, you know, me petting cats or something like that. Uh, Favourite Melbourne pubs and bars? You uh, get around a little bit, according to your Facebook, if that's an accurate reflection. Uh, look, you know, a, apart from the one that we're in presently, which we, you know, we won't mention because it gets a lot of uh, coverage, um, I, I do like to, uh, to help out the locals, so um, being a, a Kensington lad, uh, Boneheads I think is, um, is I, if you'd asked me two years ago, I'm like, oh yeah, they're okay, I think it's their second birthday today, it not is. to shatter the illusion oh. that, that this is, well, we sort of time-stamped it anyway, haven't we? Um, uh, but yeah, they, they are certainly... Um, their, their NEPA, I think, is a, is a cracker. Phase in out. Phase in out, yeah. Uh, big fan of their uh, Melbourne Dark Lager. Um, sort of tastes what Nicky Brown used to taste like to me. Yep. Pre-developing a beer palette, so it's Nicky Brown with more cordial, maybe. Yep. Um, but yeah, look, I... That's I'm, a nice space to be in as well. Yeah. Mm. Difficult yeah. space to record a podcast in if you go back and listen to the archives. <laughs> yeah, a little, little bit of um, little bit of distortion through the microphones from memory. Fervent, fervent discussion. Um, but no, look, I'm, I, I like to share it around a little bit. I uh, used to go to Ale House a lot back in the day because I liked the concept. Uh, do like to go to the breweries themselves. Um... Back in the day, um, the the monthly uh, pilgrimage to Mountain Goat, I think in two and a half years, I missed two of them ever. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, used to love that. Uh, boy, I don't think I've been there for about a year. So, yeah, you know, I'm getting 
Moondog World? Yeah, that was fun. I'll go back, you know. It's an experience. Yeah. For, I, yeah. I presume nearly everyone who <coughs> listens to this will have probably ventured out there already. Look, rec- yeah, recommend it to anyone to go. And then will I go again? Yes. Am I in a rush? Not specifically, but yeah, it's cool. It's a sensory experience. It's a, Yeah, that's a good mm. way to put it. And it's fun. I can remember sitting there watching people walk in over the bridge for the first time and people smile as they walk in. It's that kind of that kind of space. So. And you know, there's a there's a few places around that I, I guess it's just convenient and I know they have rotating um, beers, so it's not necessarily my my choice. Um, but yeah, if if there's a beer I haven't had, I'm a bit of a sucker and if it's easy to get to, I'm a bit of a sucker as well. You mentioned the Loaded Dog. Are there any other historical pubs and bars that you sort of mourn the loss of in Melbourne that you wish were still around? I'd, look, I'd, I'd almost include Mountain Goat in that because yeah, it, it, has, it has changed quite significantly. And I, you know, I try and spend the money uh, for people where, where it's needed. Um, so, yeah, I'm not against that, but it's like, oh, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll support them and I'll support those. Um, probably more venues. So I was a real gig pig. So, um, you know, places like Punners Club and stuff like that, I used to love. I probably would have drunk VB there. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't there for the beer. I was there for the bands. They're, they're probably the, the main ones that I... Yeah, I remember loving that space in the middle of the tram tracks between the punters and the Evelyn. So that was all. Yeah, that's where I think I spent a lot of quality time on a Friday night going from one gig to the other. So and and via Suvlaki King maybe. What's yeah. your? You, you mentioned VB. What's your favourite uh, crap beer? Oh, good question. Oh, that is a good question. Favourite crap beer? Like I would go personally. I don't mind a Fraser Briggs from Aldi when the bank account's not looking great. Just a $9 six-pack. I don't know. I'm unfamiliar with the Fraser Briggs. <laughs> well, I, I actually think, um, and not wanting to... Yeah, it sounds like I'm doing the big mountain goat thing right, left and centre. Goat's quite a nice beer. Um, As in very, goat from mountain Yeah, goat. it's a very enjoyable beer. I'm doing the air quotes uh, at, the, at the moment. And for, for its intention, I quite like it I'm, I'm loving the fact that everyone's giving a lager or a pilsner a go again mm. um, you know I've I've um, had pilsner Urquell in in Czech Republic and it's very very nice out here once it's transported out here God knows how it gets here not so much yeah. so the fact Maybe that it's rolled into the ocean yeah, and eventually yeah. some just wash up on the shores so it's been Melbourne. frozen three times and so, boiled to so twice. yeah so look, the the fact there that you can get a, a fresh pilsner or, or lager, um, most of them are quite enjoyable, and that's where my mind goes. So, um, so yeah, any of those. Um, there's ones that you get handed out at parties, and I'll cringe. Oh, you like you like craft? Here's a fifty lashes. It's like you know, Hop Thief, I think, are well-named because in each one of them they have <laughs> stolen the hops. I don't know where they went, but they didn't go in the beer. Um, I feel like you're hitting your stride now, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, you and I might just go to the front bar and just leave Corey out here for 20 minutes or so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to... Um, I'm not, if I'm handed a beer, I'm not going to knock it back. 
but uh, yeah, there have been times when I'm like, oh, yeah, you got some um, sparkling wine over there, maybe, because, you know, life's too short. It's the family Christmas present of the, like, Dan Murphy six-pack of craft beer that, you know, mixed six, and it's like, oh, Corona, okay. Mm. Hobgoblin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Which I've just decided is the beer that I... I've got a set against now. Okay. Well, so we should have done a blind tasting of Aldi beers. That's what I've learnt today. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. It's the kind of thing you, someone else should organise an entire list and then put. Then again, maybe I'd get those right given the track record of the sours that I shouldn't. I, I, occasionally, they have that dunkel in the big can, but and that's that's really nice. But that's you know come over from wherever. It's not a local one. So, so in terms uh, of wherever's. The other sort of question paired alongside what are your favourite Melbourne bars, past and present? Overseas bars? I know you said that you like to keep it local um, and weird. But... I, I actually just want to keep it sort of open. Just go to London and go to a pub. And, I mean, there's all these beers that we've heard of but never had, and they're swill, but you still sort of got to try it. So, um, you know, Doom Bar and, you know, all of these ones... And, and it's the environment, it's, it's the feel. So it doesn't have to be London, but any, anywhere in England. Yep. I mean, we, we've grown up seeing those UK comedies. Um, it, it, yeah, you, you get a plate of chips and, and have a pint or two or three, and it's, yeah. It's the experience. It, right? it, yeah. Look, it is, and the beers are good too. I mean, you know, they're, they may not be as complex, but the flavours are there. Um, I think is it the right temperature? Yeah, well, that's, that's what I was about to say. It's sort of shocking to have a beer at room temperature. But not always a negative experience either. So. No, not at all. Mm. So that was good. And um, I, I've, I've certainly had that, you know, you, you'll be on the forums and be, oh, I'm in London, where should I go? And it's like, just walk 50 metres and turn left and that's the best place to go. Yeah. I mean, you could also answer, get a train to Scotland and go to Brewdog. <laughs> well, you can go there in London as well, or or, or Brisbane, Newcastle, where, where are they? Yeah, yeah, Brisbane, but not not quite yet. Not Perhaps quite by yet. the time we've edited this and got it up, the answer will be yes. So. <laughs> now, Corey is a long-time listener, first-time caller. You know where these, uh, you know where these uh, little interviews end up. Cool room experiences, mate. So I think this is when we are apologising. I think this is one where I have to apologise. Um, so I did some quasi... It wasn't really work experience, but it was a little bit of paid work for a, a local hospital. Um, and We've never had dealt with a hospital cool room before. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, the vivid memory in this particular cool room were placentas. So the standard placenta disposal avenue and I have no idea what that was wasn't available at that time and it was summer and it was a typical Melbourne three four five day straight hot summer and storage was an issue placentas in so so Are these were people choosing to keep their placentas for later no, no not for consumption later no no, no no um, burying next to Matt's beer in that car. <laughs> still, still one of my favourite television moments is the, the catering show uh, placenta yeah, episode. Okay. If you haven't done that, it's well worth the look. Um, but yeah, it, it was uh, that whole 
you know, very um, uh, strong visual memory. Yeah, of, absolutely. Of, of smaller blue plastic bags in a larger black, probably not quite thick enough garbage bag uh, in the in the cool room. So not not frozen. I almost feel like we may have a new leader on disturbing cool room stories, Corey. And that's uh, actually a s- terrific segue to because today's cool room is brought to you by placentas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of us are brought here by placentas, <laughs> so you know where would we be without them? Um, I'm completely out of context with all the other questions, but Corey, when we were sitting around enjoying our sour beers, I cut you off at the end when you were about to tell me a story about the Kensington RSL. Aha. But it sounded like a story that the world needs to hear. Do you want to <laughs> gather your thoughts and... Um, so I'm, I'm going to say one and a half years ago, um, Pact Beers. So P-A-A-C-T, I think they were. I think P-A-C-T, but I might be wrong. To maybe two Cs. Maybe just P-A-C-T. Yeah, I thought... Anyway. Yeah. anyway uh, who are no longer around, I don't think. But um, they... They had a uh, $5 pint option. And so um, I'd had a big day at work. Uh, I worked in retail at the time and often you just wouldn't get the chance to have lunch. Uh, So I didn't have lunch that day. And then um, uh, a few friends um, who I won't won't mention by name, but I will say James and Jane, were, Long-time listeners, were, yes. not quite callers yet. Yes, uh, I'm sure they will. Um, were already there, so I thought oh, I'll hightail it over there, and and yes, neglected to eat. Um, so it's the whole, you know, non non eating story that I'm sure everyone knows very well. Um, and five dollar pints. So uh, I think I started with uh, like a I'm going to say pale, you know, mm. that was so this nice. Was multiple packs on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then the brown, and I love a brown. It's one of those styles that I just don't think gets enough. I'm, I'm a big one for malt. Uh, lots of IPAs where they try and malt it up. I'm all there because you know it gives you that nice tail. But just a straight brown ale, big there. I, I think, um, yeah, Nuki Brown was my um, uh, epiphany sort of beer. It's a, I'd forgotten about that, but that was definitely yeah, one of those yeah. beers that I had a lot of back in the day. Um, so. It, that that sort of like your first love, you know. It's it's you, you're always sort of trying to go back there. And so I was um, just waiting to see whether there was going to be a glass being thrown from <laughs> stage right there. Um, so yes, the the packed brown ale I, I really enjoyed. Um, really, really enjoyed. Well, no, that, that was fine. Uh, and then so I think it was a pale, and then the brown, and then an IPA, and then a double IPA. So these are all five dollar pints. And look, I'm 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 not the I'm, I'm a relatively slight guy, um, so I was probably pretty well cooked already. And then you know, there's also well, they're five dollar pints. That brown was really good, so I went back up there, and the the glass went on the tap for the brown as I was walking, like next to be served. It's like, oh, okay, I'll go the double IPA again, as you do, as you do. <laughs> um, so uh, I rode my bicycle there from work and I do distinctly remember thinking, no, I won't ride home because that's silly. I, I will walk home, which I 
did. I, I guess, to your house I guess you would call it walking. No, it's a little bit further than that. I'd say probably double because it's the other side of Kensington. Fair, so, fair. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I probably tripped on my bicycle. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Um, I, I trying to put it together later, there were... My, my helmet was around my handlebars and there were scrapes on the top of the helmet. So I think I sort of used the bike to try and prop myself to get back up again. I have vague recollections of a, I'm going to say, Indian woman trying to help me up and trying to do the right thing and look after their, you know, their fellow person mm. in society and make sure that I was okay. And of course, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm all okay. I remember getting home and unlocking the back gate. I remember uh, my partner and my family were away that weekend and I remember peeling my face off her pillow yes. at about 2am and thinking, oh, where is my bike? And I've gone and looked out the back and I had brought it in the gate. And then I remember a text message to my partner saying, yeah, I might have fallen on my face. Um, and this was two weeks, three weeks prior to going overseas, representing the company that I was working for at the time, uh, in high-level negotiation contract stuff. And still have the scars. I was going to say, how did you how did you look in the mirror the next day? In yeah, the cold, cold. Well, day? well, I looked I looked in the mirror through one eye. Um, yeah, not 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 a pretty thing. That that's, I think that's. The, the worst I've ever done to myself, ever. That sounds pretty severe. Yeah. So, so aforementioned, who I won't mention by name, James and Jane, will always roll that one out. And of course, you know, they, they drank many times what I did. Uh, I, I am a lightweight at the best of times. Five pints of packed, two of which were double IPA. Yeah. Well, that's the kind of refreshing honesty that we like on the pool room. So look, look, just just consider it a warning. I'm I'm sure when it when anyone is at that point, they're not going to listen to that warning. But hey, you know that's that's my public service announcement. Wise words. Well, I think mystery Matt, we better go and set up for the NEPA blind tasting and see who comes out on top in that. Who will appear in a few seconds' time? Thank you, guys. And we're back in the cool room after the Nipa blind tasting. Someone needs to remind me that putting 9% beers on as the second flight of the day isn't the wisest course of action I could take. But, Mystery Matt, you'll be there to guide me and hold my hand as things go on through the afternoon? Yes, I'm sure that uh, the quality of this podcast will continue to be high. <laughs> well said, <laughs> my friend. We had two winners out of the Nipa blind tasting. We had about 15, 20 odd people tasting. I think it's fair to say that more than half of them did not get a single one correct. There were some lovely beers there. Two people got two of them correct and they've chosen to come on as a twosome. Mystery Naomi, Mystery Claire. Hello. Welcome to the mysterious <laughs> podcast that we have here this afternoon. It's great Thank to be you. here. That's a good answer. I don't know how often you listen to the podcast. Don't indicate the answer to that unless you imply that, you know, no one actually does. 
let's just start off with our traditional questions, with which I'm sure you're familiar. We like to know about the first time that you had a drink, or as I think other members of one person's family might have indicated, the first time you regret having a drink. Naomi, <laughs> uh, do you want to fire away with your first memory of something other than a little sip of grandma's sherry? Uh, the first time I had a drink and the first time I regret having a drink might be one and the same times, uh, which was probably my mother's 40th birthday when I was 14. And 14 seems to be a pretty magic number in, uh, in your household. Yeah, it's, um, look, it's a good age <laughs> to be doing not good things. Um, yeah, so for some unknown reason my mother decided to have her friends sons as the drink waiters who happened to be 15 at her birthday you're, this, you're this pushing the bar we've, we've had a few illegal topics on <laughs> look on the this is right? this is country victoria back in the 80s i don't know that the statute apply. of limitation uh, has not expired yet <laughs> i don't know that laws even applied in you know in country victoria in the 80s uh, so yeah, um, the 15-year-old drinks waiters were really serving one to the adults, oh, one to the pack of teenagers who were hanging out in the kitchen. Was mum aware of this at all, or did no, it come no, as a surprise? No, um, I, I don't think she had any awareness at all, given that it was her birthday and she was the recipient of, of these drinks as well. Uh, maybe not until the next morning when uh, a number of us were you know, fighting each other for the bathroom. <laughs> feeling, yeah, feeling very unwell. Yeah. Do you recall what it was that you were drinking at the time? Or oh, miscellaneous said, wine? It was number? one of everything. Everything, something anything that menu. was going out. That <laughs> something for them? Ooh, we'll try one of those as well. Mm, that mm. sounds like a pretty... What time of the year was it? Because Matt's Mystery Matt's one was middle of summer in a tent. Yes. Well, no, <laughs> this was the middle of winter, so we were all huddled around, you know, inside, in the water, trying to keep warm as it was a, a chilly part of country Victoria. We're talking Ballarat. Let's we are. Matt's. Yes, we are. Well, <laughs> it's a always very chilly part of country Victoria. <laughs> it was freezing. So we were all hanging out in the kitchen where the, like, one of the two heaters in the whole house was. And, uh, yeah, that putting on our alcohol jackets. Mystery Claire, the gauntlet's been laid down. Um, so the first time my parents bought alcohol for me was my 18th birthday. Um, not quite the same question as I was asking. No, but um, this is actually the first time I think my sisters got drunk. And so we had it, <laughs> it was at my dad's house, which had a bathroom with a window at the top. And it's actually like... Oh, la-di-da, a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Simple Brisbane house. Um, um, and my sister. Would you like to look out the window of our house? Come to the bathroom. <laughs> Windowless dungeon. Um, and my sisters worked out a way where they could get the alcohol through the fly screen and got so drunk at the at my 18th. They were more drunk than me and no one was more angry about it than me. I want to know about the system. It sounds like some sort of Rube Goldberg machine that might have taken hours to design. I, my memory of it were is... Were they just pouring Well, so my parents, my parents were... Um, I don't know if they were strict, but they had, they had very uh, conservative views about Proper. drinking. Proper. 
And they would never buy me alcohol in high school and it was a huge point of contention. And then on my 18th birthday, they were like, what do you want? And I was like, I want Jim Beam, I want Double Blacks, I all want good stuff. tequila. <laughs> I had no idea. And also now the thought of having all three of those drinks in my system is just revolting. Mm. And so my mum, being true to her word, went to the bottle shop and bought everything I asked for, brought it to the party, and my sisters drank most of it. And they were, they were 13. <laughs> oh, but, but every, every story from your life is so Brisbane that it sounds, <laughs> it sounds like a cross between a saint song and a go-between song. <laughs> Can we please play out to the go-betweens, actually? <laughs> we'll make contact with them to find out about the copyright of it. Or custard. My life is yeah. more of a custard song, I think. Yeah. Mm. Well, 13, 13 has perhaps not so much raised the bar as dropped the bar <laughs> on the kind of conversations that we're having. Mm. Certainly not endorsing. Just no, in case absolutely from not. The VCGLR no. is uh, listening in today. I like that instead of telling your first drinking story, you've just shamed your sisters. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I, I was the oldest, I was a. I was a bit of a square. I didn't I didn't push my parents too hard, but my younger siblings, they were... So the first time I had a drop of alcohol, I was, it was the beginning of year 12. I was 16. Yeah. <laughs> Naomi, mystery Naomi is shaking slow her head. Slow start. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> such a slow start. Now, you're both, uh, you're both here on the podcast with us because of your excellent craft beer palettes. So I guess the logical question to ask is, what was the first craft beer you remember having? Well, um, again, I am probably in the everybody from who was ever in Melbourne who went to the Redback Brewery. Or the Loaded Dog. <laughs> no, I, I actually didn't really go there. But, yeah, because I moved from Ballarat to Melbourne and I was living around the Melbourne Uni precinct, the whole Redback Brewery thing was the place to go. Absolutely. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is all right. And then, you know, beers from, you know, your mountain goats was probably, you know, the next big regular one. And it just developed from there, really. I was, I guess, growing up back in the, the country town, big bit of a... VB drinker and at the Twenty One Arms or the no, well, I was a, a, no, 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 Bridgemore Lynn. Come on, I was, a, I was a, I was a rat girl. So, you know, beers and bands at at the Bridgemore Lynn. So the fact that we've got this far into the podcast without a fist fight about Ballarat versus Bendigo, you know, breaking out, yeah. is, speaks well of both of us. I think it <laughs> does. We we are not the people we were six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look, six months ago, yeah, there would have been fisticuffs. But anyway, yeah, haven't lived there for a very long time. Was there a, again, again, I feel that there's a, um, an insight to, a, a, an opportunity to ask my, there's been several NEIPAs, so I'm just going to misuse words at this mm. point. Uh, what is, you mentioned VB, what is your favourite shit beer? My or fav- shit drink? Oh, my favourite shit beer or shit drink. Ooh. Wow. If you drop a fruity Lexia goon sack in, that's... Uh, <laughs> I we can't look, wait look. to see what you're like after the red ale is tasting this 
Wheel of Goon was always a fun party game. It's important. Um, Do you want to explain, explain Wheel of Goon to <laughs> no, our young of, listeners? Goon of Fortune. Yes, well, you, you tie your goon bags to your hills hoist and stand in a circle underneath it. You spin. You can have one or multiple bags attached to said hills hoist. Spin it where it lands. If you're underneath that, you have to... Uh, Open the valve and skull. I, I don't want to take uh, uh, And that's why Hillsboys aren't yourself. in the gardens anymore. <laughs> Saying have to skull, uh, <laughs> you get the opportunity to... Uh, oh, yes, it, it is an opportunity. The you, great you bag are, of yeah. debortalies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they also make great pillows. Empty <laughs> green sacks are great pillows. Stop <laughs> Stanley Leasingham. Uh, <laughs> We've attracted quite genuinely a number of international <laughs> listeners lately from like the US and England, even India, Canada, mm. around the world. The phrase, you, you put your goon sack on the hill's hoist <laughs> and then you've got a skull. <laughs> it might be one of those. It's one of the most non-interpretable <laughs> outside our good by seaboarders. Yeah. It that, will be people you, saying, I think Australians are as we expected. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can YouTube this to get a visual mm. on yeah. what it entails. Yeah. Mm. So, or have like you most never things heard you can this? YouTube, you probably shouldn't. It's no, no, these, these are very instructional videos on how to partake in the game. These days oh. have it so easy. Like, <laughs> I just had to learn how to play it from... I know, it was hearsay. <laughs> it, was, it was all hearsay yeah, back in the day. And, and sometimes you just had to make this shit up, but... Mm-hmm. Now, Mystery Clear, before you started playing Goon of Fortune, <laughs> what was the first craft beer, or maybe after you started playing Goon of Fortune? It was, I'm it was sure after. You from Brisbane. Yeah. It was after I had had my sojourn on the Fortune. Um, I, I used to live in Scotland, and um, one of my friends was studying brewing and distillery, which is a thing you can study in Scotland. He now works, I think he works at Talisker. Um, we must I, talk about your friend later on. Yeah, um, and he. Uh, brought me a bottle of Brewdog, and um, that's a that's a craft beer, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. think you're about to win best answer. <laughs> yeah, that's. R- um, and I was, I think I was, I must have been 20 or 21, probably drinking cider and wine. Like I didn't really like beer at that point, and it was similar to when I had my first double black. I blacked out. <laughs> I don't remember after I drank it. Because I then learned that it was made in a whiskey barrel, but it, it was like when Brewdog was first coming out, so you couldn't. Do you get remember it. which one it was? Out of, uh, was it like one of the dog series, like it was Dog A B C D E? Yeah, sort of my favourite sort of. Yeah, I think so, it and it was one of their first ones because he got he, I think he knew the people who were making the beers from uni. That's a pretty great story. Yeah, though, yeah. Uh, Brewdog of Fortune. <laughs> something that we bring in one afternoon. It's We've certainly got more expensive. <laughs> a bag of Brewdog. It was a, yeah, a, a, a cask of Brewdog. <laughs> Break out the Brewdog. <laughs> really, it does, like if something doesn't come in a box, I'm just not interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really like the vodka cranberry in a box for a Sunday afternoon <laughs> tipple. Well, I've got to say, Mystery Matt, that your sort of audition as, you know, mystery co-host is going beautifully. You've gone from talking authoritatively about craft beer to, well, this. Wine in a box. <laughs> Wine in a box. Sorry, mm. Damien. Um, mm. 
Now, one of our other traditional questions is, favourite places to drink in Melbourne, be they current or historic? Uh, do any of you, either of you have like favourite memories of places that you like to hang out and have a beer, or ones that you miss and wish were still as they were? Does home count? Home counts, absolutely home counts. On the couch. <laughs> no, no, there's a lot to be said for the home on the couch. And um, if Mystery Corey was still with us, you know, we know that his Facebook account, which we've discussed previously. Martinis. <laughs> yes, martinis at home, always good. No, um, yeah. Mystery Claire, where, you know. Um, when you're I, not at the Royal Mail on Spencer? Obviously when I'm not here. Um, Zagami's in Baronia. <laughs> <laughs> the Lower Plenty Hotel in Greensboro. <laughs> uh, you're a lower, not an upper girl. <laughs> um, uh, love my backyard. Drinking in the backyard. You can't go wrong in summer. It's so nice. But pubs I like. I like the Vic in Footscray. That's a good place. Um, always lots of kids there. My is, is that a good thing? Yeah, it's great. Because I go, I go with my daughter and she finds other kids to play with and it's very, you know, mm. it's very wholesome. Something it's very 70s about it, you know, going to your neighbourhood pub. Like Hills Voice. Mm. It's Hills, yeah. yeah. Games that play like Goona They've Fortune. They've got a Hills Voice that I can do Goona Fortuna <laughs> and Harry can meet some other kids. It's, it's a win-win for everyone. Um, I used to work at Bella Union, which is no more in Trades Hall. Um, I worked there for two years. It's a pretty fun place to work. Absolutely. Um, I, I still go to finishing school and it's still the same crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Andrew, for those of us uh, who like to fish through the archives, uh, is a previous interviewee on really? the forum. Absolutely. So really? for new people to the podcast, I'm not Check suggesting Mystery Claire that you're one of those, <laughs> you can go back and listen to some of those. <laughs> No, I, I do miss uh, Mr Griffiths as my local, but... That's very kind of you to say. Well, it was walking distance. It's much closer than here. <laughs> it, wasn't, yeah. it, it wasn't so much that it was good, it was just close. No, it was yeah. just walking distance and they had great chips to go with the beer. But, you know, mm. it it requires a train trip now, so... This is, this is... If you were getting on a plane rather than a train, overseas, where are your favourite places to go and hang out and drink? Uh, dive bars in New York on the Lower East Side um, and Old Man pubs in Scotland. I used to love going to Old Man pubs. They're so much fun. With like poems on the wall that like no. talk about never giving in to the <laughs> English. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to live near a pub. It was walking distance so it's probably why we went. But it was underground, so it was always dark. So it was like being in a casino, but it was just an old pub and they had great food. And it's still open. Everyone I know who goes to Edinburgh, I tell them to go to that pub. And Give it, it a shout out. What's it oh, I couldn't, couldn't tell you. It's in uh, Newtown, which Newtown is like 600 years old, which I always thought was fascinating because I'm from, I'm a white Australian. Um, and oh, what's it called? It's in Newtown. I'll look it up. Let me look it up and I'll let you know. Mystery Naomi. Overseas. Doesn't it? Yeah, it can be again. the beach, it can be up a tree, or in a balloon, <laughs> or somewhere I think practical. Any, yeah, I think anywhere local to where you were staying at the time that is representative of the, the place you are. And I lived in Dublin for a little while and just hanging out in the, you know, the local pub was 
just yeah, the best place to not understand what anybody was talking <laughs> about, um, be sworn oh, at, and you know, have a have a great pint of the the local beer and just get into the feel of it. And I think when I was in Ireland, we had the there it was actually the period where they stopped the smoking in pubs. So one from one day where it was amazingly smoky and ridiculous, couldn't breathe, to, oh my God, this place stinks like <laughs> old man farts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was I, always I the joke. I actually under- understand pubs. why smoking was yeah. allowed I, and should have been allowed to stay particularly. Or made there. mandatory. Is that Ma- what mandatory yeah, mandatory. Yeah. Mandatory cigars in your when you rule the world. Yeah, just just anything to counteract that. that Used to run a bowls club. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, anywhere where there's a lot of old men. Even middle-aged men, even eight-year-old boys, as I discover. (laughs) (laughs) Just males in general. Yeah, because Mm. ladies don't fart. No, nowhere near as much. Mystery Claire, did yep. you discover the uh, the place that we're giving the ship? We'll, we'll tag them and we'll confuse the bejesus out of them on the, Instagram. The, I don't think they'll know what's going on. No. Um, it's called the Bailey Bar. It's on St Stephen Street in Edinburgh, down the hill. If you're, if you're coming from Prince's Street, you've got to go down the hill. Basically, the whole podcast is an excuse, you know, for me to tell Josh Frydenberg why I need to travel overseas a lot. So <laughs> it's Scotland on the list, which I don't think we've actually mm. achieved as such before. It's a great place to drink and visit. Drink responsibly in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> now, the big hitter of all the questions, the one that, you know, people really tune in to listen to, because it takes a lot of effort to tune into a podcast with a crystal mm. set. The cool room question. Whether it be a cool room or just through your lives in hospitality, whether it's Bella Union, whether it's Mr. Naomi, where you used to work, where I had a quite traumatic experience <laughs> as a young country boy. No, really. Uh, Favourite well, hospital memories? <laughs> at, at uni, I got a job working at what was then the Sarah Sands Hotel in Brunswick. And <laughs> it was an interesting bar because the front bar was a, a lingerie bar. What? A lingerie bar. I didn't realise this bit of when you so, were pre-telling this story. So the... the the bartenders who worked in the front bar were women who just wore lingerie. <laughs> in the back bar, where we don't do that. Ro- no, 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 no. Anyone no, who's seen me on Facebook, don't worry, I don't do that. <laughs> uh, there are Y Front Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hashtag. <laughs> in the back bar was a lot more alternative, and they ran. Battle of the Bands nights, they yeah, ran that's... Goth night, they ran the politically correct Dyke night, um, which was the one that I was hired to work at, and so on. So you had very uh, a diverse crowd in the back bar and a whole lot of old men perving on bartenders in lingerie in the front bar. The worst thing was when we ran out of change in the back <laughs> bar <laughs> and... We had to walk into the front bar to change money. Um, that from sounds the, yeah, truly it was, horrendous. It was really confronting. Yeah. <laughs> when you're like, 
oh, I really, you know, I like these women and they're really nice. I really don't want to see them in their lingerie and I really don't want to see these dirty old men perving at them. But I have to go into the front bar and change this $50 note to give this person <laughs> some change from that beer that they job, just bought. How did you decide whose job it was to go out and do the change? Because that sounds to me like the, you know, the age old... The new girl. Rock paper. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever was newest behind the bar had to go... I was going to go with rock, paper, scissors, but your nah, answer is so much more sure. real, isn't it? <laughs> nah. Whoever was newest behind the bar had to go into the front bar. It was... It was, it's just like two different worlds mm. existing in this one pub. We're, I feel like we're talking through a lot of trauma for people today. So <laughs> this isn't placentas in a pool room. No, but no, it's... it's mm. This is Freud in the pool It's still challenging. <laughs> Freud in the pool room might be yeah. out of the spin-off series. Mm. And what's the weirdest dream you've had recently? <laughs> Well, when I was working at this bar... <laughs> the cool room was full of cigars. <laughs> but then my teeth fell out. And then I, and then I had to wear this lingerie. <laughs> Mystery Claire. Uh, cool room. Oh, Bella Union. Tell us what used to happen uh, in the cool room at Bella Union. We didn't have a... Did they have a... I was going to say, yeah? No cool room. Um, uh, I, I worked in hospitality for about eight years, I think. And I did a lot of hospitality in Scotland. And that was... And Edinburgh is a place to go if you're having a hens or a, a bucks mm. night from other parts of the UK, which is fine. Um, and so it's one giant lingerie. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's one get... giant lingerie weekend, except for the festival, and then it completely changes. <laughs> um, and I worked at one of the other bars. So I worked at a chain bar, and I worked at the other one, which was known for having stag and hens do's. And it was just, it was so eye-opening. I, I think I was, I'd never, I didn't even really conceptualise what a hen's do was because I was 20, I didn't know anyone who was getting married. And then to be given this like full frontal assault <laughs> of people on their worst behaviour. I think people yeah. behave the worst at hens and stag nights. It's just, it's like, it's like the land that time forgot. Like you just revert <laughs> and you become this... You know, an 18 year old who's just had their first double black or brew dog or whatever, or goon of fortune. <laughs> and it was, I was horrified. I, we just don't have a culture like that in Australia. And it was, it was the epicenter for it as well. It was so full on. It was so, like, it was, but I. Was I, there any individual, was there a particular one that you remember? Where? Yeah, this guy kept trying to buy me drinks, but I was working and he was just, I'm pretty sure he was a groom as well. It was just, and he really loved that I was Australian. I was like, we're a dime a dozen here. Yeah. Like, there's so many Australians in Edinburgh. Just calm down. And I think he was from a t- town outside, you know, in the northwest of England somewhere. And he was just so excited that he'd met an Australian. I was like, there's four of us behind the bar tonight. And he kept tipping, but he kept trying to buy me drinks and then tip me in pence. So he wasn't even tipping me in pounds. He was just tipping me in his change. <laughs> oh, so we've so, got Charm, romantic, and thrifty. <laughs> <laughs> Loves wow! Loves a girl the, with an accent. Yeah. <laughs> the Scottish romantics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who knew? Who knew? It was, and we're still married, so. <laughs> <laughs> Swipe. <laughs> Mystery Claire, 
mystery, Naomi. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the podcast. Congratulations again on your excellent tasting in the Nipahs. Really I can't wait to see what happens if we have to go through this again. If you win again in the Red Ale, we're going to Yeah, what are the follow-up questions? Yeah. <laughs> well, it'd be far more difficult and probing. Don't worry about that. <laughs> That's Freud in the cool room if you win two rounds. <laughs> Freud in the cool room. <laughs> Welcome back to the fourth bit of the Cool Rooms podcasts this afternoon, uh, where we're enjoying our blind tastings down at the Royal Mail as part of the Gab's Hottest 100 uh, afternoon. I think there's a suitable outrage amongst all sorts of people amongst what's ended where, and maybe we'll touch on that along the way. But uh, Mystery Ben is going to be our special guest in this one. Uh, Mystery Matt has had to leave the building, and Mystery Corey, who you might recall from slightly earlier on. I, I, I prefer the term surrogate Matt now. <laughs> and um, as the afternoon wears on, both my inability to work these pots and pans will become clear, and the background noise might well increase as well. So uh, be part of the journey that we're all on together. Mystery Ben, hello, and well done on being our best red ale taster today. Hello and thank you very much. Yeah, I, I won't count myself as a great red ale taster, but uh, I've taken the crown and I'll, I'll work with it. Yeah. And I, I think you got two out of five, correct? That's correct, yeah, exactly. Which is pretty much par for the best tasters of each session this <laughs> afternoon. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, Corey, you did get 2.75. So ah. I, I, I got zero for the red. But, zero, but, it's but enjoyed them all, which I think is the more most important thing, really. I feel like, I feel like that's the best indicator, right? And you'll notice that I managed to sneak in an apology there as well, <laughs> uh, which is the other running theme of the afternoon. So apologies and things that you've buried in your backyard or friends' backyards appears to be the running joke this afternoon, Mystery Ben. All you've right. Been, you've been forewarned. Good to know. Thank you. Um... <laughs> Welcome to the cool room. This is one of those fun bits for me that we've never met before, to the best of my recollection. Uh, I don't think so as well, although, you know, who knows. So we're all <laughs> going to sit round and have a yarn um, with a couple of beers in our hands and um, learn about each other. So we'll find out if you really what, what you've buried in the backyard as this progresses. Um, our first question, sort of where we open up normally, is the first time you ever had a, a drink or as... Corey has sort of rephrased things during the afternoon. The first time you regret having a drink. Can you cast your mind back to that, perhaps? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it's easier to cast your mind back to when you regretted the drink, I think. Um, and that was quite a few years ago. Uh, I, I was so uh, so wanted to be part of the... the is in high school, maybe... 16, 17, and so wanted You're the most responsible person we've had on today, can I say? Right, yeah, yeah. Look, I was not a, um, put it this way, I wasn't a popular, outgoing person in high school. So, so coming on 16, 17, I was very eager to get out there and to sort of be, uh, be popular, be, be understood, and be seen to be doing things that normal 16, 17-year-olds do, although apparently they've been doing it for years before I'd been doing it. I hope Southern Comfort isn't where this is going. No, sure. it wasn't. It wasn't, although it's not much better. Um, so Woodstock. We, uh, <laughs> you're moving down the ladder, but yeah, we'll keep going. Um, so so I, um, yeah, I, I, I 
her, a friend of mine um, was having a house party or, or people he knew were, were having a house party and um, convinced mum to, to drop me off at that said house party and the mum and they're, they're having a party and you know, this is where my friends are and I want to go and she took me and she dropped me off and said you know be careful and be safe and all of those things so I'm there and the only person I know at this stupid house party is my friend who's the same age as me and it turns out it's filled with people that are not friends with my friend who is again 16 17 but it's filled with people who are friends of his brother who is 23 and his 23 year old brother had all 23 25 20 whatever year olds in this party and there was just a lot of vb being passed around so we're in melbourne we're in melbourne sure it was uh, noble park and um, (laughs) which which makes perfect sense and i you know what I don't know how I did it, looking back on it now, but I, I just committed. I just got on it. I just um, <laughs> and ended up. I, I, I remember my friend saying, "Ben, would you like a beer?" And I said, "Yes, I would like a beer." And that, what do you then, say? Then, so, then, so was it the the bath or was it the laundry trough or definitely the bath? The definitely bath the trough. bath. Yep, that's right. So and there was the one it's a wank, thing to aim at. There was the it's one really wanker that brought Melbourne. You know what? That, that was me. there might have been I'll be honest at that time couldn't tell the difference Uh, if it had alcohol at at this time still can't but you can always tell who's flogging your beers if you're the one with Melbourne totally so yeah look it it, it went on for a couple of hours ended up making the phone call to mum telling her how much I loved her how much (laughs) how many how many songs I'd sung that night how how great this is you know and all the rest of it and she came and picked me up a, a, a little while after that and was, was mum, like, did mum like a glass of wine? Mum, or does mum, mum like a glass no, of wine? No, mum was great. Mum, mum just sort of said, look, okay, you've had your night out now. How do you it's, feel? And this was the next day. And it's I, the rite of passage thing. It was a very much rite of passage thing. And, and yeah, that it wasn't a big deal or anything like that. She sort of just wrote it off and said, well, you've done that now. I think she was hoping that would be the last time. And it's okay, she won't be listening in today. So no. no one's parents listen to the podcast. We've no. come Fa- to that conclusion. That Facebook is not a thing. No, look, it definitely. She knows it wasn't the last time, and um, yeah. But we'll send her on your behalf a special certificate for your red ale tastings this afternoon. Thank you, I appreciate that. She she will very much appreciate <laughs> that. Yes. And <laughs> did your friend survive? Or I think so. I don't know. I, I I feel like look, nobody died, so you know we were good. It was all right. Yeah. No, no small achievement when can't, you're sixteen. Can't say the same for the fish at a party I once. Um, Attended in, in my teenage years, but was it the kids in an RSL? Or no, 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 much younger. They got some heavy armaments there, yeah, some yeah. paired ways <laughs> for fish to die. We'll, I reckon we'll move on just to be, I, on, I the think so. just to be on the safe side. Um, you've shown your prowess in tasting craft beers. Mm. Do you remember the first sort of craft beer when you stopped drinking VB with 23 year olds? I <laughs> I remember what I thought was a craft beer at the time, and maybe even maybe it was back then. Um, I remember going to a, somebody's. It was either a twenty first or a twenty fifth or something along those lines, and it was held at not like a local hall or anything, but it was at a it was a at the upstairs sort of function area of a bar. And Can we name suburbs? Come, don't don't hold back on for this thing. one. I can't actually. It was it was it wouldn't have been any closer in than. Oh, than Hawthorne or anything like mm. that. Um, probably not that close in though. So, but um, 
yeah, it was upstairs. It was the one guy on the bar who was clearly there just to be there for that function. Um, and I saw this guy pull out uh, pull out a stubby and it had a green label on it, which I'd never seen before. And then he placed it down on the bar on its side and rolled it my, my, back, my word. back to forward. And I'm looking at this thinking, this is just, uh, this is special. Witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> And he said it's to What's get the wrong s- with the stubby that this needs to be exactly. done. Exactly. And he, he said it's to get the sediment moving throughout the drink. Oh god, and I was sold. I thought this is just peak. This is peak craft right here. And so yeah, so started my journey with Coopers. That's a very favourite. Hail And um, yeah, it was it wasn't Beca- became a favourite? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it did um, it, it sort of stuck with me for a while, not because of the way it, it tasted or anything like that but because he had rolled it back and forth and that it was a special thing that you had to do with this beer because that's what you do with this beer the, um, the theatre the theatre of it exactly yeah. do you remember one that you did which was the first one you did like the taste of then which was, when did it sort of move over into that ah oh, yep there's this sensation as well I think Fat Yak was, was when I first had something that I thought was different enough that, that to say yeah look this is something a bit different a bit niche um, tasted and different enough from everything yeah. else. Yeah, at, at the time, I mean, it certainly had a, a complexity of flavour. I mean, a bit thin, but it was certainly, you know, it stood out amongst most of the beers you get in most of the places. There was a time when James Bowe was like that for me, yeah. which makes me feel like, well, genuinely old, but it was, like yeah. it, it was just something that didn't taste like Carlton. First, first meeting, first date of aforementioned mystery Naomi. She asked for a James Bogue, and I thought, yeah, I'm on a winner here. I think we might get Mystery Naomi on as the oh, uh, co-host for the final section of this afternoon's <laughs> podcast, and then all the dirt will be dished, and we'll go back into Bendigo versus Ballarat properly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Favourite Melbourne pub, bar, where do you like sort of drinking mm. around Now, town? previously... Yeah, we yeah. like both, you're right. Yeah, sure. Look, I, I, I've, I've spent... I guess in a way I'm I'm a bit of a quintessential Melbourne hipster. I, I I sort of I didn't grow up here, but I moved out into the inner city as soon as I could, as you can imagine, after Nuggle Park house parties. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I've I've found a lot of places that I like in Melbourne CBD. I really do. Um, I think if I had to choose one um, that has consistently been a place that I feel just welcome and comfortable and has a not it not necessarily they not necessarily they don't have a great selection of beer. But um, it's the basement bar E55 on yeah, right. Elizabeth Street. Um, great, just a great friendly culture. Um, a little bit nerdy, which I like too. Um, for close a while, to Minotaur, so you can go close and to buy Minotaur. Nerdy games in, and interesting yeah. mix of people too. Very so interesting you've got mix, your student right. crews, but you've got your, you know, slightly more edgy alternative sort of place. It's Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, th- there is, you're right, it's a, it's a very mixed crowd there and, and um, I've never been there and seen as much as this shouldn't be a, a, a measure of what kind of place it is, I've never been there and seen an act of violence. I've never been yeah. there and, and felt unsafe or, or just uncomfortable or anything like that. Every Yeah, it's just a really good yeah, vibe. Cool. And being a basement bar, being literally below ground has its own uh, appeal as well, I think. Just, yeah, a very fun place to this day, I think, is a, a really fun place to go. Yeah. Are there places from the past you wish were still open and, you know, you remember happy drinking memories in? 
Just trying to think now. No, everyone, everywhere that I've been is still open, I think. Um, Gee, I, I can't tell you how much <laughs> I can say. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you're here currently, because based upon that, I mean, you, you know, David. Uh, I like where you're going, Corey. Yeah, yeah. You're the best mystery co-host we've had in ages. Sounds intriguing, guys. Um, all right. <laughs> um, what about overseas? Are you mm. sort of, it doesn't have to be a bar or a pub or anything, just places sure. you've been... Sure. Places you remember having a beer in your hand and yeah, yeah. life was good. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this one's going to be a bit of a curveball for you guys. So I, I, for a while, I moved to Yemen and I lived and studied there for a while. Yeah, you've, um, you, you've won the curveball prize sure. already, <laughs> I reckon. This was a, a little while ago. This is seven or eight years ago and I was... Um, yeah, I, part of my studies in international relations, but I, I was sort of just interested in... Um, there's a whole backstory there, but I was interested in, in countries of that region. I wanted to learn Arabic, and I still don't know why, but I did. Um, did you learn Arabic? I did, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, to, I mean, as much as uh, uh, you know, a white kid from Noble Park can. Yeah. Um, so I'm not fluent by any stretch, but I can hold a conversation. Um, but in, in, in Yemen, um, then as, as now, alcohol is illegal. It's mm. not, you, there are no bars, there are no pubs, you can't go down the store and buy anything, anything like that. So for me, you know, a Western guy living with a bunch of other Western people, we were studying together, um, we were like, how do, we, okay, how do we solve this? Because we can't just not go without. Um, there are a number of ways you could get alcohol smuggled in, um, but one of two venues in the entire country, which was sort of sanctioned by the government because they knew that there were Westerners who would spend money at these mm. venues, um, there were two places. There was the Lebanese club and there was the Russian club. And they were both essentially just downstairs at some dude's house. Um, and they sold bottled, horrible Heineken. And Can bottled. you paint a picture of what they look like? Sure, How many yeah. people are there? So, so like, I don't know. Like, yeah, so they're, they're if we're rocking up, what does it look like? You rock up there and... It wasn't, it wasn't quiet by any stretch, but it wasn't packed out shoulder to shoulder there, either. There, there wasn't like the door and you'd do the secret knock oh, and no, the, yeah, the there thing was. would slide open. It wasn't the, like out of Yes Minister where you go, uh, look, you know, Mr. J- Mr. James, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't the sliding door thing, but there was definitely the, the, the look up and down when you turned up at the door just to, just to make sure you weren't... You, you were Western enough. Exactly. No, yeah, exactly. If you were to... No, I had... I had uh, Yemeni friends who were denied entry to that place because they didn't want them telling the wrong people that this establishment Existed. was open. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which was sad, but it, you know, they they understood that too. Um, so yeah, this place was about as about as nasty as you can imagine. There was a fake smoke uh, smoke machine in the corner. Um, everything was out fake. of a can. As in. As, a as, opposed, as, as opposed to an actual fire. In the, the oh, okay. <laughs> um, I thought you meant like, I genuinely thought you meant like a cigarette machine that didn't dispense cigarettes. Yeah. Not the way it was going. Uh, not, no, they, you didn't need those machines. Cigarettes were widely available. Um, yeah, I remember a lot of people taking up smoking again because it was just cheap to do mm. so over there. Um, but no, there was yeah, a little machine, smoke machine, making it look all mysterious and all the rest of it. Just really didn't work. Um, mirable, yeah, 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 definitely a mirable. Did you have to wear a jacket? No, you didn't have to. Well, you'd have to wear anything you didn't want to, but um, you have to wear anything. I've never seen anyone rock up there not wearing anything, but if they had and they were Western, they'd probably get let in. Um, yeah. It was so we had a choice of Heineken, Heineken, and, and 
from from a beer perspective, that was it. Bottled Heineken, and then you had um, mixes, canned mixes, yeah, yeah. Um, Coke and whatever spirit they Woodstocks, I think maybe. Um, no, that's it's not a recurring right. Recurring theme. That's yeah, that's yeah. That's look, the lo- look. Basically, it was designed to look like a bar that would really be just your mate's house party, but the only difference was you got handed the alcohol over a piece of wood, which qualified as a bar. So it looked like a club. And so the, the, the bath full of beer was out the back. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I had a similar experience in Dubai once, but we might leave that for another time ah, where okay. I become Mystery David. But <laughs> such an identifiable human being as I yeah. might be at the moment. Yeah. The, the question we close out with for all of our friends, the cool room. Have you had hospo experiences in cool rooms or other sort of similar things where you could lift the veil a little bit, pull back the curtain on, you know, sure. lives that you've led? Sure. Look, n- not the cool room specifically. So I've never, I've never worked in alcohol hospo. Um, I did work for a cinema chain in the past, and and um, I guess back of house there. Well. For a while there, a lot of stuff was getting handmade. This is a long time ago, so your, your, your choc tops that you love to get out of the freezer. Oh, um, I, 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 you know, you're going to shatter some illusions for me. Yeah, yeah sorry. No, yeah. Well, we'll leave that one because that's not actually the point. There's reason why they're in the dark, I guess. <laughs> you know. Well, there's reason. Put it this way: there's reason why they're now pre-packaged and, and vacuum sealed and delivered to the cinemas and not made on site anymore. I, uh, I, I'm more worldly than Corey. Okay. I want to know. Well, Tell me about the chop tops. Um, okay, well, it was basically they were made uh, back of house by hand, and, and people never really washed their hands or cared about any of that sort of stuff. So, the uh, the, the the fresh, you know, the, the great sort of fresh, freshly made chop top that you were handed probably was after someone had been to the bathroom, um, and didn't really care to wash their hands. I always thought it was Charlie Sheen that gave me the shits, but. <laughs> <laughs> My my experience with it, with it was um, you, you could get your uh, your Coca-Cola or your Sprite or whatever in those large cups or, or whatever cup you, you chose. But um, they were... It was p- only large cups. Let's exactly, yeah. yeah. No La- one got Large or larger. <laughs> or you paid for a small, but it was the same amount for a large. Um, those weren't pre-made either. They were mixed back of house by an automatic machine, which put... You know, as you guys probably know, you add the soda water and then add the syrup to, to that machine. Um, more, more shifts than I can remember, I'd walk in to fellow staff members just chugging the syrup directly <laughs> out, out the back, just from the, straight out of the, uh, the dispenser. So you, you would connect the hose to the dispenser, which would then mix it with the soda water. They'd disconnect that hose and just stick their mouth under it and just get a whole Den- heap of dentists syrup. Dentists must love that shit. Yeah, it reminds me of, you know, Barton Millhouse. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's some squishy. Yeah. Dribbling down the side. Yeah, no, the whole thing. Yeah. Little yeah. pupils so. pulsating. <laughs> but they were, that wasn't the story you were going to tell us. That or was it the story you were going to tell us? That was it. That was, oh, as, that that was, was as crazy as it got. Sorry, yeah. No, that's yeah. quite crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a dangerous story. It's why I don't actually have post-mix in any venue that I've run. Yep. H- hashtag life goal for me. <laughs> <laughs> Get yourself under a post-mix dispenser. Go for it. We, we can just go and find somewhere this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> we can just distract some of the people behind the bar. and just, you know, What yeah, are, those, no, two, uh, yeah, what are no, those two middle-aged <laughs> men doing over there? Knowing my luck would be Pepsi or Schweppes Cola. <laughs> Mystery Ben, 
thank you for being an excellent uh, guest this afternoon. Thank you for your excellent tastings on the red ales. And, um, which, which of the five was your favourite? Um, number four. So we hastily look yeah, right. and see what it was. <laughs> we said Mystery Naomi over number, there. Number four. Was the that's Hop right, Hop Nation. Nation. That's what I meant the to say. Totally. The buzz, yeah. yeah. The buzz one? was very good. I think Corey, you and I, I think might have agreed that the kaiju. kaiju. Out red, I I was astounded at both how sweet, but then on on the end of it, how well balanced that was, hop wise. So um, it it was the hoppiest of them all, which doesn't surprise me, being kaiju, but just how sweet it was as well. And I love a sweet malty beer. It's so. not the youngest beer we tasted today, so it's it's held up very well. Uh, we'll be back very shortly, at least by your standards if you're listening, with our IPA tasting guest winner. <laughs> 